Hello and welcome to our Youth Mental Health Podcast with the Northern Trust. My name is Catherine McColgan and I'm the service lead for the Children's Early Intervention Service. And I'm very pleased to be joined today by two of my colleagues uh, who are also parents, uh, Siva and Joanne. You're both very welcome. Um, it's great to have you with us today. Do you want to introduce yourself? Thank you, Catherine. Uh, my name is Siva Ramamurthy. Uh, I'm from Sri Lanka. I'm living in Ireland over the last 20 years. Um, I'm working with children for the last 30 years. So my most of my experience are working with children in juvenile justice system and also children in care homes. And then I'm working with the Children Early Intervention Team for the last three years. Um, so that's my background. You're very welcome. Thank you. Hiya, I'm Joanne um, and I'm Lark Siva working for the Early Intervention Team. Um, as you can hear from my voice, I'm also I'm not from um, Northern Ireland, I'm from South Africa originally. Um, I've had um, 20 years experience um, as a social worker working with all sorts of things like adoption, fostering and now with the young people in mental health. I'm really excited to be here today. Excellent, such a vast range of experience guys. Um, I'm really looking forward to talking to you a bit more um about our podcast today so the title of our podcast is i miss talking to my child um such a powerful title and topic and i suppose very relevant to us all here today as parents but also any of the parents that we work with in our service um i suppose maybe can, can we start and think a wee bit about you know what what are the challenges around that our parents are facing you know why do they miss talking to our to their children um, well, let me jump in there um, and say that I think um, a lot of parents are scared at the moment of doing the wrong thing. So instead of um, doing the wrong thing, they kind of avoid um, doing anything at all sometimes. Um, and I think because of social media, um, COVID, which has just happened, mm. um, there's a lot of isolation. It seems like families, even though they're in one building, um, they are living separate lives in isolation. Um, so I think the biggest challenge, or one of the biggest challenges, is it seems like um, par parents and, and young people just live in um, separate lives. Um, okay. Yeah, following on that, actually, uh, you know, one of the things that I noticed uh, working with children at the moment is the lack of connection within their community, you know, and that's become part of the isolation that the families face. Um, in the past, you know, parents used to know who the local uh, shopkeeper is and the postman, you know, they know who is in the community, the church and the church community leaders and stuff like that. Now, if you look at families and they have absolutely sometimes no connection at all and they live as an individual family unit within their household. And that's become a challenge and particularly in these difficult times. I suppose looking back on the years of how families have um, changed, um, I, I might be giving my age away back back in my <laughs> old day when the, the mobile phone wasn't around, um, families would kind of get around um, the dinner table and talk. With, um, nowadays it seems like a phone seems to be the highlight of family life. Um, so a lot of people on their phones, both parents work, um, so it, it does seem like um, everybody is kind of emotionally separated from each other um, and don't really have, it's just life is so busy. Um, we've kind of lost touch on spending time together as a family. And also following on that, um, we're kind of beginning to see most of the families are like very nuclear families, you know, there is no connection to their uh, extended family or they 
seems to have like mom and dad and the kids or mom and the kids or you know dad and the kids and it's very uh, very small unit without no connections outside uh, outside their family setup I think the last point um, that we want to just um, highlight is um, sometimes I think as adults we get caught up in our own issues um, and our own hurts and our own kind of um, sense of rejection um, that sometimes we forget about the child and we kind of focus on stuff going on for us. Um, our adult relationships that the child gets um, forgotten. So I think that's another challenge maybe we can chat about today. Yeah, so I suppose what I'm hearing you say, both both of you say, is that this isolation and the la- the lack of connectedness is is central to to our podcast, but also to why a parent may miss talking to their child. Um, I suppose that then is one of the challenges. How how we look at increasing the discussions, the communication, um, and sort of preventing some of that isolation. I suppose I'm wondering how we help our families think about how to build those relationships. You know, how do they get back on track? How do they connect with each other again? Um, Siva, do you have any any sort of messages or tips yeah, for I'm our good, listeners? I'm going to follow it on from what Joanne talks about, the mobile phones, you know. And um, it's if, when you go outside, you know, you can very simply see families walking, each of them have their mobile phones in their hands and nobody really talking, nobody really watching where they're going and what they're doing, you know. It's like... They just do it, you know, there is no interaction in between people and children talking about, you know, they, they go to their room with their phones and, you know, they sit at the dining tables with their phones. So the mobile phone plays a massive role in actually kind of making people uh, very lonely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even though it's a device for communication, I think it's actually kind of destroys the communication within the family unit. Yeah, you know, that's definitely one of the reasons. So one of the things that we wanted to see or we actually say to parents at the moment is that, you know, just find some time they can spend without their mobile phones. They can actually talk to each other in person rather than through their devices. So are you saying that perhaps the parents could sort of role model mm-hmm. how to put the phone down on the hall table mm-hmm. um, or not have it at the dinner time or not answer calls and hopefully their children will, will follow suit with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I kind of want to follow up on, on that um, point because when you take the mobile phone away, what are you left with? Mm-hmm. Um, mobile phones became have become so such a part of our lives, so what are you left with? And the, the answer is quite simple. It's just doing stuff together. So cooking together, um, cleaning the house together, um, doing things together because you're not just then spending time establishing those relationships. But you're also teaching the child that when one day they're in an adult, um, they then know how to cook and they know how to clean and they know how to look after each other. So it's the simple day-to-day tools that you do together. Um, that you're not just establishing those relationships, but you're actually then teaching them skills too. You know, and I think you'll probably come on to this in your discussion later on, but that's such a challenge. You know, our, our children, they don't want to cook with us. They want their mobile phone. Um, and I wonder, does that, in your experience, does that cause friction between the parents and their children? Does that cause arguments? And if so, how do we how do we help parents understand what to do about that? Can I use my personal example? Um, Please do. During lockdown, um, we decided we were going to have a master chef evening. Ah. Um, so, you know, sometimes master chef, you have a challenge and you have certain items or food 
and each person has to, um, in our, our house, we actually have to make either a starter, main meal, or wood. So um, the one made a starter, a tuna salad thing, and then the main meal, the, and the vegetables, and the dessert. And it was so much fun um, making it together. Um, so I suppose the answer is doing, doing making it fun, making it not such a big chore. Um, because young people love fun, um, don't we all love fun? Um, so it's kind of making it into something positive and something fun and something that they are doing um, that they'll enjoy doing. So it's not about saying, Joanne, uh, put that phone down, we're not cooking. It's about being creative. It's about the message to our parents is, you know, try to think of another creative fun way rather than saying don't. Yeah. It's, it's about saying let's do. Yeah. What what else could we be doing, Steve? I, I did a little experiment uh, over the lockdown myself and with my neighbours, which I also introduced to some of my clients as well. We were started growing little radishes because radishes mature in twenty one days. You know, you can from seed to harvest around twenty one to twenty five days. You know, and it's I think growing even if you don't have a space, growing something in your garden or in pots is really really. Take that little, it, it may not take a lot of time away from the mobile phones or the digital devices. It'll give them like five, ten minutes. They had to go and look after it and water it and mind it. At the end of the day, what is, happens is they are growing something, they're producing something, you know, and it gives a great satisfaction, you know. Um, I think that there are a lot of other ways, you know, and um, one of the other examples I could use, you know, we are not against mobile phones or digital devices, you know. During the lockdown again, one of the families I worked with, one of the granny actually organized um, bingo on the WhatsApp. She had a family WhatsApp group. She ran a bingo on every Saturday. And it's, it's happened for over an hour. You know, that's a very creative, very positive, and it's actually used the digital device to really benefit to create that connections and network with the family, you know. Yeah, that, that's a lovely example of how to be creative um, and not tell our children, young people, no, don't mm. use your phone, but let's use it more creatively. Um, I think that that's really key because it is it is how most people function at mm. the moment. You know, mm. digital technology is very much part of our lives. Interestingly, you, you talked a wee bit there about doing things like growing produce and having a child feel that they have achieved something. I suppose interesting for me is that creates a bit of difference. It creates something different for them. Mm. And they may well then become interested. Um, how can we help them become interested in other things? How do we teach them to sort of learn skills, life skills, to move towards independence and adulthood? What else can we teach them? I, I think, you know, one of the other things that we, when me and Joanne was talking about, we talked about the stuff that we missed in the past, like, you know, what we would have done with kids about engaging them in board games and you know watching movies together and stuff like that i think even if you're playing a board game in person you know and i think it set boundaries you know the whole idea of teaching them winning and losing it like one of the things that often parents say to us in clinics that their children their language and they can't really tolerate it because it's very aggressive and the way they speak and the way they engage with the opponent that they are playing online because i think that's because they have no person in front of them you know it's a device and i think when it, we introduce them to play board games and stuff like that within the household we are teaching a very valuable lesson of how to negotiate mm -hmm. our way through in achieving stuff or getting towards a goal in life you know and i think that will help them definitely help them to create more 
kind of relationship, you know, with the other person. And then they also learn to win and lose in a very a successful way, you know, rather than being very aggressive. And, you know, you hear about children breaking controllers and slamming mm. doors and breaking devices and stuff like that. And I think it, there is a space, I think, now we really need to reintroduce those kind of old ways of doing stuff, you know, get them down, sit them down so, so that we can spend time with them, you know. So it's not just about in improving interpersonal and communication skills, it's about learning life skills. Mm. So this should be beneficial to yeah. All of our listeners, whether that be parents or children. So just going back to, I suppose, a thought that we had a moment ago around helping children move towards independence, because obviously that needs interaction between parents and, and children. Do you want to say anything about that, Joanne? I think um, as a parent and as a practitioner, I often am reminded how important it is um, for parents um, in the relationship of, of teaching and um, developing a child. Um, I remember when um, my kids were really small, they used to copy everything I, I did. And I sometimes forget that, that they're still copying me. They're still copying what I do. I remember coming home and my youngest wanted to dress everything that I wanted to dress, all my work clothes and my work bag, and she just wanted to be me. Um, and I think as they get older, you forget that, that they're still copying you. So I think it's vital that we role model good um, behaviours just in terms of eating healthy and cooking, teach them how to cope with, with life skills, um, teaching them how um, important it is to take care of our own mental health, um, and making sure that we're okay, um, that we're not um, taking whatever stress has been at, at work at, into the home um, unnecessarily. So I think... Um, it is really important for us to be aware of what, what's going on for us and how um, the child is then copying whatever we're doing in the home. Um, so the role modeling behavior is really, really vital um, as parents just to teach them good ways and good skills. Yeah, that's really interesting because I think we sometimes forget how important we are as parents in that relationship mm. and how our children copy us, as you say, quite rightly, Joanne. Um, and also just referring back to what Steve had mentioned earlier on about putting the mobile phone down on the table and whether that will have an impact or not. But do you think there's a challenge with that sometimes because parents might find then that creates friction, that creates problems, you know, separating themselves from being like their, their child's friends. Mm-hmm. It's easier to be their child's friend. It's easier to allow them to do what they want, especially if they copy our, our negative behaviours, Joanne, you know, if they copy something we're doing. It isn't so good. Mm. Um, it's easier to get alongside with them and allow that. Mm. How do we how do we separate that, Siva? How do we think about holding our stance as a parent who is responsible for teaching and role modeling? I think it's a very important point. And also it's a you know, being a friend and being a parent, I think it's a very fine balance. Mm. And also I think, you know, children are very intelligent people, you know, and sometimes we don't really kind of give them that, you know, because they're able to see what a mom and dad try to do, you know, they they have the capacity to see, you know, and this is where they're being a friend and this is where they're being a parent. And I think uh, one of the things that I think we sometimes forget, these are children going to be adults in the future. I think that's where we're preparing. I think that's where we, the a parent become like more of a parent. And then, you know, times like when you're watching a movie or playing a game or whatever it is, and then and they're kind of, difference in terms of 
when you're being a friend or a parent. You know, I think as as parents, as you know, and I have a responsibility to make sure my child is ready to be an adult in the future. You know, I think um, to jump in there too, um, the 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 child's not yet ready to be an adult. So in terms of the brain development, the development, the last part of the brain that gets development is the problem solving, the rational thinking. So um, just to pick up what Siva was saying about um, being a parent, um, they're not ready to make those rational decisions. That's your role as a parent is to help them with self-control, with making the right choices um, of being there um, when things are tough. Um, helping them reg regulate their emotions. So I think if you look at them as um, a, a person that's still developing, you need to, as a parent, jump in and not be their friend um, when they need you to be the mature adult um, and help them um, and help them make the right choices rather than go, oh, you can do with whatever you want. They're not ready physically and developmentally ready to make that that's massive big change uh, choices and decisions. I think just to adding to that, children thrive in a very predictable environment, and I think that's where you become a parent. You know, you provide a very predictable time, you know, predictable structure for children. You know, they know what they are doing, mm -hmm. and I think that's quite important uh, for a child. So we able to kind of guide them and direct them in a direction so that they feel confident and comfortable, you know, and also it's not even just guiding them as in a kind of a one way, but give them choices, mm -hmm. you know, uh, give them manageable choices, you know, so that they can make those decisions and they can feel that they have choices to make in life as well. Yeah, so, so almost like safe options, so they can try a few things out to, mm. and, and, and allow it to go wrong, yeah. because that's where the learning will come from. Do you know, those are all very interesting points, but this is really challenging for parents. Mm. Um, you know, this is really challenging for us all as parents. Um, and I wonder, you know, are our listeners thinking, you know, that's all well and good. Um, but they still beat themselves up about not being able to link or connect with their children. I suppose I miss talking to my child is, is such a powerful title of this podcast, as we've said already. But how, how do we help them move towards connecting with their child so that they don't miss those conversations you know any tips or golden nuggets or strategies guys that you would let our listeners hear about how to connect to their young people and children yeah one thing that we always um you know i do it in my um my home uh, ask very open uh questions that encourage discussions you know rather than asking you know like if a child come from school, you know, just ask them how was their day, you know, and you know how did they get on in school, you know, and then kind of that gives them an opportunity, you know, if they say ah uh, good, you know, then I would definitely encourage them to talk a little bit about, you know, give them space to kind of tell a little bit more about rather than just good or bad, you know, and that helps them to. That helps the parent to actually understand what's happened in school that day and also allows the child to say to the parents, you know, if there is something went good or both good or bad and they're able to have that opportunity to create that space to speak to their parents. Yeah, that, that's a really interesting point, using an open question, mm -hmm. because I think only too often we can close down conversations mm -hmm. by saying, was your day good mm -hmm. today? Mm -hmm. 
and the child will say yes or no. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you ask, you know, how was your day? Mm -hmm. Or tell me about your day. Tell me about your day, yeah. That's a different question altogether, isn't it? I suppose another question could be what was interesting about your day? what I, what I found that I've learned about so many different topics um, uh, within my work situation as well as at home um, because another way of very simply connecting with your, your child or um, getting to know your child again would be to ask about their interests. So I know things like Marvel that I never thought I would ever know about Marvel, um, about different pop stars, um, because even though I'm not really interested in in some of the topics that my clients or my um, children um, talk about, it's a way of connecting. So I become interested in it because that I know what's what's important for them. It's what they find interesting. Um, So I know that that's um, something that they possibly want to talk about. So if you miss talking to your um, child, that might be a way of actually um, starting the conversation going. It's just finding out what's what's this Marvel about and who's your favourite character, which is your favourite mo- um, movie, and they will launch into this big discussion about stuff. Yeah, so it's talking about their interests and also, you know, their hobbies and, you know, anything they're, they're doing that they feel is important, what you're saying is, it would be useful for us to become attuned to that and interested and talk about that. I can give a quick example on that because you know when children play, say your child is playing a FIFA and if you're a parent, it'll be good to know how how many minutes a round of FIFA would go. You know, because sometimes this is where the conflict starts when parents say it's eight o'clock, turn off your PlayStation and go to bed. But the child might only have like two minutes left to finish that game, you know, or on the other way around, maybe 20 minutes left on that game and parents say, okay, that's fine, finish the game. And then you see your child sitting there until nine o'clock, you know, instead of eight o'clock. And I think that's where it's become very important as you say, Joanne, I think it's quite important for us to know exactly what they're doing and have some kind of an idea and understanding and knowledge around that so that we can relate to them in what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I would imagine that would reduce a lot of arguments at bedtime mm-hmm. um, because I think there's nothing worse than losing your place in the tournament because yeah. your mum's turned your computer off five yeah. minutes early. Yeah. It's happened to us all. Um, so, yeah, challenges really are around how we get to know and understand not only who our children are, but what's important to them and how we connect and link to that. Okay. But what about connecting to things outside, you know, not just connecting to mum and dad or child? How do we connect to other things that's important, like schools and environments and communities. How do we do that? Okay. Um, well, I think COVID has helped, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So um, a lot of what um, we've become a bit housebound and we had to be housebound for so, for so long um, during lockdown. Um, we've recently moved um, to a new area and it's quite interesting to try and figure out where's the fire station, where's the shops, where's the dentist. And I think that's really simply put, you know, maybe um, we're talking about a fun way of um, doing things as a family. Maybe it could a suggestion could be uh, making a list of things. Okay, let's go find out where these things are. Where's the local parks? Where's the, the things in our community? And is there things like sports clubs that we can join up as a family or that maybe um, your children enjoy some sort of sports. It's just really getting back into the community of what's around us, who are around us, who are our neighbours. 
Um, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about that. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, again, going back to COVID, I think it's one of the things really helped uh, during the COVID for a lot of people is to be aware, you know, where things are, you know, who is in the community. And particularly for me, is knowing your, you know, where your youth club is, local youth club is, or knowing your postman, because, you know, sometimes they really become kind of central in terms, terms of, you know, that's the only connection families had, you know, during the COVID time, you know. And I definitely made sure that who was my postman and postwoman is, you know, because... It's the highlight of your day. <laughs> yeah, I, I would go out and speak to them, you know, and I think it's quite important. And, and they also know a lot about what's happening in the community, you know. Mm. And um, and even, you know, even the local church, you know, if people, are, if people are going to the church or whatever religious affiliations they have, you know, there's the, a the lot of different uh, religious denominations. It's a lot of fantastic work throughout the thing, you know, they, they did have like different way, very creative way of engaging the communities throughout the thing. And then also like like sports clubs and, you know, places like uh, community centers and uh, there are allotments in the in your community, you know, and these are kind of resources outside your family, which makes a good connection for your child, you know, that there's something other than your family they can go to, you know, I think they are very important uh, in terms of connecting the child, you know, within the wider community. I'm really interested in this because we're talking about relationships and being connected mm. and networking, you know, with others. But for me, what's really interesting is that that actually encourages that child to have a different experience. And I suppose if they learn skills, just going back to what you said earlier on, Joanne, in a fun way. Mm. So they learn how to interact with someone at the football club or in the leisure centre, they can transfer those skills of communication with their parents mm -hmm. in a less, I suppose, pressured way. Because if you're in a group, it's not as maybe pressured to talk about something like football or FIFA. But if mum's asking you, tell me about FIFA, mm -hmm. you might not be as open. So it's about learning skills from different people in the community and being able to transfer those into one-to-one -one mm -hmm. conversations. Isn't, isn't that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And I suppose the um, other relationships that we as families find useful is aunts and uncles and grandparents. Um, they are not the parents that are possibly the source of some people's, young people's um, frustration um, that um, we almost seem to have lost touch in that sense of um, wider family connection. I mean, obviously with me not being from Northern Ireland, most of my family are not here. Um, and we have to be intentional about connecting um, our young um, children into um, connecting with family through, you know, social media, um, because it's so vital to have that other relationship in their, in their lives that they can, that's family, um, they can maybe connect with some cousins um, and go to develop those um, relationships in a healthy, safe way within the family. Um, and then it's always nice to have that cool aunt looking out for you, bringing you, or grandpa and bringing you sweets mm. when you have had a bad day. Um, so it's vital uh, of parents helping um, develop those relationships outside the nuclear um, family home. So, so I suppose what we're saying is that relationships of all sorts, shapes and sizes are important mm. and they're key. Um, and what we're saying is that those relationships help our children build the skills necessary to sort of maintain and sustain relationships. So how do we help our parents? Just a couple of key messages to take away for our listeners. How do we help our parents 
interact with the children or their children so they don't miss talking to their child anymore. Okay, well we've spoken quite a lot today about phones um, so the key message is that phones are good um, but they're also challenging at times and um, we can use our phones and um, Siva mentioned about um, the bingo um, we, I, I was actually thinking about coots you know of a family getting um, a coots quiz going together um, so, and then reconnecting with um, relationships outside of the family home. So the phones can be good. It's, it's more about managing them. Um, putting that phone down as a family for a few minutes, even when sleep, we didn't even really touch on sleep, you know, maybe getting phones out of rooms um, so the, the children can get um, good sleep, but role modeling those, um, those um, behaviors as a parent. Um, whatever you want the child to um, be like online um, or with their phone, um, as a parent, you need to role model that because they're going to copy you. So if you're on your phone all the time, um, then the child's going to say, but you're on your phone. Why do I have to put my phone down? So it's kind of saying, okay, well, I'm going to put my phone down. How about you put your phone down too? And let's spend time together. Following on that, and I, I definitely think we really need to encourage our children to interact with others outside other than our family, you know, like like those things what you would have done in the past, you know, going down to your cousin, doing an overnight sleep or going down to your local uh, youth club or you go fishing with your friends or even just go down to your granny for the weekend or a Sunday roast in somebody's house, you know, and things like that, things that they can have a wider network of people other than the immediate family. I think that will definitely help the child to develop more um, very positive relationship uh, with the other people in the community. And I think because of COVID, we kind of all have become a bit mm. uh, wary about stepping out into the community. For so mm. long, we were um, kept in the house. Um, as a parent, you're going to, yet again, I'm saying about the role modeling, but you're going to need to kind of step out and go, okay, how about we go for a walk in the community? How about we contact the local uh, club and see um, whether there's something that we can be involved in as being intentional as a, a it's going to be really hard because you as a parent have to overcome that fear yourself. Um, but it's vital for a child to see that that's okay. It's okay to go um, into the community and start up all the clubs that have been closed down for so long. I think following that point also, I think it's about socialising our child in, in our community. You know, I think it's how uh, we can help and support them to kind of build those relationships and being part of the community. I think that's one of the things that definitely uh, missing with a lot of kids that we work at the moment. You know, they don't really feel that they are being part of their community. That's interesting because I suppose we're talking about how the, the parent doesn't feel connected mm. to their child. But what we're saying and what I'm learning from you guys today is that actually the child may not feel connected to their community and, and to their parents. So it's about connecting everyone together mm. and really, I suppose, emphasizing the importance of all of those relationships together. And I think lastly, um, I want to just mention connecting to, I miss talking to my child. So do something about it, take an interest, um, ask those open questions that we spoke about, um, even play a game of, you know, what was your favourite holiday? Um, what's your favourite Disney princess? Um, finding creative ways of connecting with your child and taking an interest in what they are, their lives are about and what, what's happening in their life.
Any final messages, Siva, before we finish off? I, I suppose one thing I wanted to say is... You I know, can see you wanted to say something. <laughs> to say. You see, I'm a Sri Lankan, you know. <laughs> And uh, during the COVID, we also had a BAME committee in uh, with the Northern Trust and all the people not part of, uh, you know, Northern Ireland come together. We had a committee. One of the things we recognize how much we miss our families. Mm -hmm. And for example, if one of us picked up COVID, we have nowhere to put our children. We have nobody to do the shopping. We have nobody to talk to. And, you know, any support that you wanted is thousands miles away. And I think... I wonder, because you're yeah, living in Northern Ireland, your families are here, are we not really paying much attention to them, you know? And uh, I think it's, it, that's why I think it's quite important for me that your immediate family and your wider family and mm -hmm. your community is form a big part of your life because we are social beings ourselves, you know, because therefore I think it is important to establish those kind of little links and connections with the community is quite important for me. Thank you guys. Some really interesting topics and discussion today. Um, if any of our listeners are interested in reading more or I suppose hearing more about what we've talked about today, have you, have you any advice or any links to where they may find that? Well, there's quite a lot of things on YouTube that we'll post the links in the section at the bottom, but there was one that I found um, this morning about adverse childhood experiences and how crucial the parents' um, support and relationship um, it would be for a, a child just going through difficult times, that you are the best thing for that child. You are the, the vital thing that will help that child get through um, difficult times like bullying and all sorts of things. Your relationships is the most important thing other than anything else in their lives. Excellent. So stick with it, stay strong and, and continue getting to know your child. Thank you both for talking to me today and, and I suppose in really thinking through um, the podcast of I Miss Talking to My Child. Um, and thank you to our listeners. I hope you found today's podcast helpful. Um, if you're interested in providing any feedback or suggestions on further topics, um, I will leave a link for a survey in the end of the podcast. Um, thank you. Thank, thank you. you.